On today's show, the Athletics NBA insider Sam Amick joins us to break down why the Heat didn't land Bradley Beal, the latest on Damian Lillard's situation in Portland, and what other stars could be on the move. All of that and much more coming up on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Joining me today is the Athletics' Sam Amick to talk Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, some of the big stories of the offseason. But Sam, first, uh, thanks for joining me. I know you were just in Miami for the NBA Finals, but uh, I'm glad to know that you're not too sick of the Heat just yet um what 45 minutes after the end of the season there was a there was a parade in denver uh and now we're talking superstar tra- i mean we already have one star getting moved uh the sun's pulling off the blockbuster for beal the heat have already moved on to a different star it just it feels like the offseason just got here and there's already a ton happening um let's start with the beal stuff conflicting reports about what miami offered washington for bradley beal and how much say beal may have had in going to phoenix over miami What's your best understanding of what the Heat may have ultimately offered for Beal and why Beal's in Phoenix instead of Miami? Uh, I mean, Wes, thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, coming at you with the, the summertime look. So I hope you don't mind the still recovering from the finals uh, <laughs> going here. Like you said, it, it it was off and running. I swear, like before the plane even hit the ground, you know, uh, there was offseason news happening, but that's the NBA. And this Beal situation obviously was front and center. You know, uh, listen, when you have a no trade clause, then to cut through a lot of, I think, what is in your question, like you are the one who's going to ultimately decide where you want to go. Add in the reality, and this is so unique, that you have the agent, Mark Bartlestein, you know, being the father of the CEO of the Phoenix Suns, you know, Josh Bartlestein. That's another very unique component. Yeah. Uh, that I do think to a, a nuanced degree played a part, you know, the heat, I, I don't, I don't have clarity on what they ultimately had on the table. Uh, but I do probably subscribe to the idea, the belief, the opinion that some others have shared that, you know, if you just look at the heat's path forward versus the sun's path forward, uh, you know, the heat having a guy like Tyler hero, who is paid, you know, significantly less than Beal at this point, whose production for within the past couple of years is somewhat on par. I mean, it's, there's a, there's a massive gap. It's a big gap, but he's a very productive scorer and a guy who is, you know, uh, average at best defensively. You could make that argument about Beal. I think if you're the heat, it, it came down to the question I would presume of, you know, just how much greater are our championship odds if we do this kind of a deal uh, and I think, honestly, we'll see what happens in these next four or five days. But um, if I was running that team with Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg, uh, I, I think targeting somebody like Damian Lillard and, and waiting for that big fish and letting Beal go off to Phoenix would probably be the move that I would make as well. And and I just think that, uh, again, it goes back to Beal. Um, he somehow, some way convinced the Wizards to give him that no trade clause that, you know, is one of the most kind of disastrous moves we've seen 
and in this generation, really, from a mm-hmm. front office ownership standpoint. And that's all on Ted Leonsis, the Wizards owner. But, you know, Brad was in control, and, and I think he's probably very happy to be uh, in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, from my understanding, Hero was never on the table for Bradley Beal. I get that as uh, from from Miami's perspective. I wouldn't have included Tyler Hero in a Bradley Beal deal. Like you said, it's just when you consider the age, seven years younger, the production is what it is. He's a 20-point-per-game score. Beal over the last couple of years is 23 points per game. You know, And I know we could get into more than just points per game, and it, it, it is much more nuanced than that. But um, when you've got a guy who's seven years younger, half the price on a, on a pretty good deal, and you know him, and you like him, and you like the work ethic, and all that stuff goes into it too, I understand why you wouldn't include him in a deal. Lowry and Duncan Robinson, that would have gotten you to the salary. Maybe it was Victor Oladipo instead of Duncan. How many picks that Miami ultimately included, if any, has sort of been up for debate. But I do think that there's a difference between kind of an offer and and just sort of talks. Sure. And, and, and I don't think that that's something that really is understood by a lot of people. Um, kind of zooming out, like when you look at like the difference, like how these things tend to go down, this kind of felt like Matt Ishbia, and look, this is me just completely guessing here, but kind of reading in between the lines. Matt Ishbia kind of doing the same thing they did with KD, which is like, I don't care. Go get it done. Give them all the second-round picks. Yeah. Do whatever it is. And it never felt like Miami was going to be that aggressive. Well, and that's the thing. I was going to say, I always love in, in these types of stories and situations what, how you learn about each team throughout the process of the story unfolding. And the takeaway, without question for me, is that the Suns' level of desperation was significantly higher than that of the Miami Heat. Well, guess what? One got knocked out by the now champion Denver Nuggets early in the playoffs, and the other had a magical run to the NBA Finals and decided to keep its powder dry and see what other stars come across their desk later in the summer. Uh, Not to mention, on the Beal front, good for Bradley getting the no-trade clause. That no-trade clause on the back end of whoever dealt for him is a poison pill to say the least. And and that sounds like I'm denigrating Bradley. I'm not like, maybe he will make his money all the way until the end of the contract. But if he doesn't, you, you just have no ability to pivot on the back end. That no trade clause obviously travels with him. And, and it means that you, you talk about being all in. I mean, if the Miami heat had done a move like that, and if for whatever reason, let's say Brad's health wasn't holding up, Let's say you just kind of look at it and go, damn, he's not the same guy he was five years ago. That's just where he is. There's nothing you can do about it. And you got four years and a boatload of money, you know, to pay out. I think, uh, you know, for the Heat, again, I think it was probably the prudent thing to to keep waiting here. $57 million when Beal is 33 years old, man. Like, we've already seen some wear and tear. Hasn't played 60 games in four seasons. Again, who knows what's going to happen with Bradley Beal. Maybe there's a, a little bit of a a kick to going to Phoenix and contending. Obviously he wanted to go to a contender. It's why he waived the no trade clause for Phoenix or Miami. Obviously the wizards go with, uh, with Bradley Beal there. Last thing on Beal before we move on uh, to more fun topics. Um, You mentioned Mark Bartlestein's son, CEO for the Phoenix Suns. How much do you think that ultimately mattered in the deal? Because there's a lot of people are like, Oh my God, like collusion and all this kind of stuff. And I, 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 I I hesitate to go even close to that far, even just down that road. I, I how much do you think it ultimately mattered? No, I don't, and I know Mark pretty well. But but more importantly, that, that part doesn't even matter. Uh, I mean, to to allege collusion is to have zero regard for Bradley Beal's independence, intellect, 
uh, you know, player empowerment era that we are in. Like you think the guy who is smart enough to get a no trade clause is not smart enough to, to read the room and find out that his agent, you know, is, is pushing him in a direction that might not be best for him. I'm pretty sure Bradley is a wise enough guy to figure that out. And so that's the elephant in the room that, you know, there's no way to reconcile that within that claim of collusion. So no, I don't think that's a, a factor. Now it never hurts from a human component to have, you know, comfort, to have familiarity uh, in negotiations and to really get answers to the questions that, that a player like Bradley would want answers to. So yes, it probably made that process easier where Mark, you know, just obvious, there's no better relationship in most cases than father and son. And so that's not a, a, a negative by any means, but I'm pretty sure that the heat are also capable of communicating with somebody like Bradley Beal, telling them what their vision was. Um, so to me, that's, that's not a big factor. Uh, all right, let's move on to some Damian Lillard talk. Today's episode of Lockdown Heat is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everybody else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Everything is meant to work with your schedule and your preferences, all to help you live a better life. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NBA. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. We're going to be joined by NBA draft expert Adam Spinella to look at some of the prospects who can make an immediate impact for the Heat with the 18th pick. So make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Um, I do want to ask you about uh, Damian Lillard uh, here with Sam Amick from The Athletic. He's the next guy that most people expect the Heat to pursue here. It makes sense. Um, He hasn't requested a trade. Portland isn't fielding any offers from what we know about, at least what's been reported. What's your understanding of Portland's position right now? Yeah, that they they are proceeding as an organization that does not want to trade him, uh, and they have zero interest in trading him. Now, the major caveat there is that I do think that if and when Damian finally, you know, picks up that phone and calls Jody Allen, calls Joe Cronin, and says, you know, listen, it's nothing but love between me and this organization, this city, uh, but you – Drafted Scoot Henderson, you drafted Brandon Williams. Um, I'm not seeing it. It's going to take too long. Uh, the gap is too wide between what we have, you know, and what the Nuggets and everybody else at the top of the West have. I want to go. Then I, I would be shocked if they did not start to immediately oblige. Um, and so I think, you know, it's it's a little bit like with Bradley Beal. Dame does not have a no trade clause. He does have a lot of leverage. Um, now it's different because once, or let's say if he does that, and that process begins, he obviously then has, there's more scenarios on the table where it's going to be a little trickier for him to get exactly where he wants because the Blazers cannot be blamed for, for wanting to take the deal that puts them in the best position going forward. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's why all these front office folks get paid the big bucks. The heat scenario, just from a fantasy basketball standpoint, I have to be honest with you, Wes, like it's been a while 
since I saw something like that where the fan in me, and I just mean in terms of enjoying the game, was kind of going, okay, yes, please. Like, <laughs> I would like to see that. You know, I do – I appreciate Dame's game. I appreciate his journey, who he is as a person. Uh, I respect the hell out of Jimmy Butler as a competitor. And then even in these finals, you know, I don't get East all that often. I, I spent a lot of time around the heat in the bubble – but since then, hadn't been around their group as much as I had the last couple of weeks in the finals. Seeing Bam Adebayo and the way he's wired um, all the way down the line, the, it's cliche but true, the heat culture, Eric Spolster talking about their entire group. Like the idea of Damian Lillard in that environment, I think is is like intellectually really stimulating. Like I want to mm-hmm. see that because uh, we know who he is as a talent, but put him in that kind of competitive environment, and I think it'd be fun to see. It's just a matter of whether or not, you know, the Heat could put something together that makes the Blazers say, you know, that's the deal for us. So, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of noise on that front in the next 10 days or so. Like you said, the idea of Damian Lillard is worth keeping your powder dry if you're the Miami Heat, considering what everything we already talked about in terms of cost for Bradley Beal, what that could look like in terms of, you know, assets going out, back end pricing and, and all that stuff but and quickly sorry for yeah. interrupting like sure. and considering what we basketball wise what we just watched in the finals like it's just you know you do not have to be a basketball savant to watch those finals and say wow this dude would fit in beautifully and he yeah. would absolutely fix a lot of the problems that ailed them against the nuggets um and so yeah and when it comes to the, the basketball fit i think it'd be tremendous we just, I mean, what Jokic has with Jamal Murray in terms of that big, like playmaking big man with scoring guard kind of thing there. Uh, what we've seen with in Golden State, obviously with Stefan Draymond, like Bam Adebayo is kind of in that same cut from that same cloth as in terms of this versatile playmaking center. Like, can you just, and he's never had a guy like Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's never had a player quite like Bam Adebayo to play off of. He's always had to create everything for himself in Portland for the most part. Um, like it would be just from a basketball sense, almost like Nirvana for both yeah. Damian Lillard and Bam Adebayo. And then, like you said, dude's just like an absolute killer. And you put well, him in Miami. Like the personality stuff, Wes. Yeah. You then, so I like everything you said about Bam. Now flip it the other way. What do we hear all through the finals, all through the season from Jimmy Butler? I'm not a superstar. You know, there's no such thing as playoff Jimmy. I don't need to shoot every time. Like, guess what? Like, Dame's okay shooting every time. <laughs> you know, like, the, in terms of complementary ethos and personalities and mentalities, uh, I think they would be fantastic as well. And, I mean, shoot, you know, Dame's never been a an elite defender by any means, but I, I would love to see him in that environment when you're getting challenged every day to be a two-way player. Uh, who knows? I mean, he's an athletic mm-hmm. guy, and, 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 and I would have a hard time thinking that whatever his defensive ceiling is – you know, you would think he'd, he'd get a little closer to it in that heat environment. So it, the complimentary aspect of it could be fantastic, but you know, there's, that's one of a, a whole bunch of teams that I'm sure would be coming for Dame if he is available. Would it be like a Rudy Gobert, Kevin Durant hall for Lillard considering he's 32. And I mean, we talked about Beal's contract. I mean, Lillard's contract is, I have the numbers here. He's going to be 45.6 this year. And then that jumps up in the fir- when the extension kicks in next year, $58.5 million, and then he's going to be making $63 million when he's 36 years old. I would imagine that just the contract and, and his timetable because of his age could, sh- could make some teams kind of shy away from a Damian Lillard trade. Like, what, What's your guess sense on, as to what it would cost to get Lillard from Portland? 
Uh, I mean, it obviously a couple things come to mind. The age thing, you know, is, is going to kind of bring the, the price tag down marginally. I don't think it, a ton, but marginally, you know, if you compare it, it's apples to oranges. But if you compare it to a, a Gobert situation, Rudy obviously is much younger. But Damian is a superstar. Rudy is a complimentary star level player um, and, and, and a specialist in a lot of ways. Um, and then it comes down to just the desperation of whichever team is coming after him. In the case of Rudy, you know, Tim Conley and the Minnesota Timberwolves obviously just had pegged Rudy as the guy that was going to work for them and, and didn't really matter what they had to put on the table. They were going to do it. Um, I think the value would be very high because listen, even in a, another subpar Blazers season, he did essentially position himself perfectly I think in terms of you know his own trade value remaining very, very high last season. I'm looking at it here. He missed some games due to injury. He shut it down late, which was a controversial move. But he st- So he plays 58 games. You kind of felt like he probably easily could have played 68, 70. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? Um, he, he gives you 32.2 points a game. It was the best like, statistical season of his career. Yeah, it's a career high in scoring. Yeah. Uh, he's 46.3 from the field, which is tying a career high from just a couple years back. Uh, from three, he's giving you 37.1. You know, that's not shabby at all. That's obviously high volume, 9.4 attempts yeah. per game. So, you know, 7.3 assists, 4.8 boards. It's it's just you talk about plug and play and having a lot of faith that he would be himself in a new environment. I think you'd have a, a good reason to have some faith and a lot of faith. You know, the core surgery that he had seems to have been, you know, fixed. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, the guy's a beast. And it's a little bit – listen, Beal's younger um, with these guys who decide – you know, Beal and Lillard, as you know, for years, they're good friends. And there were stories would come out about how they were kind of kindred spirits when it comes to, like, Mm. going at the the kind of non-super team way and, and being patient, being patient. But then you look up and, and the clock keeps ticking and now you're in your 30s. Now you're getting into your mid 30s. Uh, you know, Dame in particular, his shelf life is, you know, next three, four years is, is going to be the end of, I think, kind of his prime. He knows that. And uh, and we'll see if he, can, if he can get to a better spot here. If I'm the Heat, I've got Tyler Hero in terms of, I guess, sort of the blue chip young player to include in a deal. It yep. would be Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson salaries, probably one of those two to kind of get up to that Damian figure. And then I've got up to three first round picks that I can, that I can move. And that's probably where that's probably my starting offer is right there. It's like, Hey, take it all. Here it is. If maybe then you start to hash it out over a Nikola Jovich who they picked in the first round last year, uh, some, you know, interesting young players like a Haywood Highsmith or Omer Yurtsevin under contract, something like that. But like hero, plus one of those Lowry Duncan contracts and then the three first round picks like I like, and then, yeah, you can get into the pick swaps and all that nonsense too afterwards. But that's, that to me is the offer. And I, I really don't know how many other teams in the league are going to be willing to get up. To, I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but like I said, Lillard is, is it a specific moment in his career making a lot of money at a certain age? I just, I do wonder how much other teams or if any other teams would be interested in Damian Lillard. And if they are, if they could beat that, that offer, I guess it no, it, what Portland thinks about Tyler hero. I don't know. It's a good offer. And and again, even though Dame doesn't have the no trade clause, if Dame is looking at their group and saying, that's where I want to be, 
mm-hmm. they're smart enough to know that in terms of the narrative and, and, and his legacy in Portland, you know, assuming that, I mean, by all accounts, that relationship is still strong right now. Uh, and so I think the Blazers would prefer that it stay that way, even if he's not there. So I'm with you. I think that offer, you, you look at, you know, some of the young pieces they have out there already, the idea of, of adding a Scoot or a Brandon into that mix, and then a, a three more first, you know, like you said, maybe some pick swaps, you know, they, they could then turn to their fan base and say, listen, like we have a, a young core. We are, you know, we are loaded up with assets and, uh, and this is not a time, you know, we, we've seen all these super teams that are falling on their faces and we'll see how the Beal thing works. Um, you know, we kind of learned through the nuggets we're supposed to that like building for the long haul uh, and building through the draft is perhaps the way to go. Uh, you know, I think PR marketing wise, it would not be that hard of a sell to kind of turn a new leaf after the Dame era. So I'm with you. I think that's a, a pretty strong offer. Today's episode of Locked on Eat is brought to you by Ibotta. Groceries, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself, you know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could just use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to do, or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You can earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta, or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps that give you points don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you could cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or even use on gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. To get there, obviously, Damian Lillard and Portland have to agree to part ways in the first place. I think a lot is going to center around what happens at number three on Thursday night, whether it's Scoot or Brandon Miller or whatever happens there. I know part of the conversation is that the the Trailblazers are looking to maybe trade the third overall pick for veteran help. That's the part I keep getting hung up on, Sam, honestly, because I get it. Like, you know, if if Pascal Siakam were available and we don't really I, I don't know if he is or not, but let's just put him out there hypothetically. I love Pascal Siakam. I think he's a great player. I think he'd be a great fit in Miami. But giving like giving up Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller for Pascal Siakam on an expiring contract, that just seems to me like like if I'm Portland, am I really doing the best thing for the organization trading what could be a generational talent for a very good player in Pascal Siakam? But if you or if you really value Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller that highly, that might not be the best move. Like what what I'm basically trying to get at is like, is there the player available? Is there a trade available that makes sense for Portland to give up what could be a really good draft pick? Uh, not that guy. I mean, here's where my mind goes. And, and each of these guys has their flaws. Pascal, like you said, he's an all-NBA caliber player. But if you then say, all right, are the, the Dame 
you know, Pascal Blazers taking down the Nuggets. No, they're not. You know, um, is it close? I don't think it's probably that close. Um, now, the New Orleans situation is obviously worth watching and very, very interesting. The idea that they are aggressive about wanting to move up and be in that top three, obviously, and I get one, so two or three. Um, if they come Portland's way, like like Zion is the one who who in your mind kind of moves the needle and makes you think that like, man, like a healthy Zion Williamson with Dame and the rest of that group. Okay. But you just heard those two words that came out of my mouth, a healthy Zion Williamson. And that's where, you know, man, like, like telling your fan base that this is the final move. And, and not only are we trying to make Dame happy with this move, but you know, we're on the book on the books for this massive Zion contract, uh, given all of his health stuff. That that would be a calculated risk. I'm not saying there's no way you do it. Um, Zion is a guy who, at his best, looks to be an MVP caliber player, uh, and, and it's you know it's unclear in New Orleans right now uh, how they are proceeding with that situation. We, you know Brandon Ingram's name comes up, um, you know, so maybe some potential there with all kinds of stuff that would make me nervous if I was Portland. But again, it goes back to desperation. It's kind of the great equalizer with all these situations. You got to study you know, which organizations are the most desperate and why. And if the Blazers are seemingly hell-bent on not moving Dame, then who knows? Maybe something like that does transpire over the course of the next couple of days. Um, But to your point, there's not that – like even as we talk about Dame to Miami, that's like the natural next uh, storyline here. There's Mm -hmm. not a – there's not one guy with Portland that is being attached to that situation where it's like, well – as long as they get this guy, Dame's not going anywhere. I think to me, it's pretty cloudy on that front. If I'm the Blazers GM, Joe Cronin, if I'm him, I, it's almost the safer play to just trade or just take somebody at number three and then trade Lillard for a bunch of picks and whatever you can yeah. get. Like that's almost the safer play. 100%. Not only that, I mean, my goodness, we just saw the Wizards, you know, they're getting understandably kind of, you know, destroyed in the media for, how little they got in this trade with Phoenix. And the general idea is you should have done this three years ago. Right. Um, Lillard is older, uh, but you're going to get more in return because he doesn't have the no trade clause. You can put your organization in a spot to where the future looks very promising. And that probably won't be the case in a year or two. You know what I mean? And, and so I'm with you hundred percent. I think, you know, that's why we might ultimately see that, Maybe there was a bunch of smokescreen here and and behind the scenes, maybe the Blazers are uh, well aware that this is something they need to do. Um, Cause I think you could find yourselves in a pretty good win-win situation where Dame gets what he wants and, and the Blazers, you know, can turn to their fan base and feel okay. Um, beyond Damian Lillard. Uh, and again, here with the athletic Sam Amick. Thanks so much, Sam. This has been awesome. But um, beyond Dame, are there any other names? You mentioned Zion Williamson. We talked about a couple other guys here and there, but are there any other names that you're keeping an eye on or even going so far as to keep tabs on when you're talking to people around the league? I mean, there was some recent chatter about Zach Levine uh, in Chicago and the idea that, that they were, you know, kind of gauging value on Zach. Uh, you know, that's a guy who, who certainly could help a lot of teams. We'll see if that goes anywhere um, to a lesser degree. You know, you have the Chris Paul situation, which Chris, it's funny. Um, you know, we all kind of act like he's 47 years old. Like he He's 38. He he is injury prone. He's not the guy that he used to be. 
but I'm probably in the John Hollander school of thought. Uh, John's been writing a lot recently about how, you know, we are undervaluing Chris Paul at this point. Uh, and that, you know, he's got one of his rating systems, the, uh, the board metric that, that kind of talks about what his actual salary should be. And he's got Chris valued at a pretty decent number at this point, point being like, where's Chris Paul going? Is he going to, uh, he's not going to play for the Wizards. Um, Lakers and Clippers would both like him, I think, to varying degrees. Chris's entire family is in L.A., and from a life standpoint, he spent the last, what, shoot, what is it, like four years now mm-hmm. not living in the same city with his family. So I'd be stunned if Chris didn't wind up with one of the L.A. teams. Don't know which one it'll be. I think the Lakers would prefer to do it, you know, with, with the Wizards cutting him. Uh, and picking him up on a vet minimum, which is probably very unlikely, I think, because the Wizards, you know, have reason to to feel like they should get something for him. So Chris's situation, I think, is front and center a bit. Um, you know, the whole backstory and with the Lakers, with LeBron and the Banana Boat crew. This is yeah. it's the only guy that that LeBron has not played with as part of their group. Um, so I find that one interesting. And then obviously down the line, you know, free agency wise, we got uh, you know, there's a Kyrie Irving ripple effect where it seems like the idea of Kyrie and Lakerland is, is definitely not happening. Um, you know, James Harden and, and some connective tissue, if that makes sense, to the Phoenix situation, like Beal going to Phoenix, you know, move the Harden thing um, out of play there if it ever was there at all. So is he going to do Philly or Houston? We'll see. And, and that's, you know, as you know, Wes, like that's this time of year, it, it feels like the old uh, movie, A Beautiful Mind, where like up on the board, you got to <laughs> have all the dots connecting every single scenario and and what the domino effect is. So it's, it's kind of fun to track. And we'll be tracking it. You guys do a great job over the athletic. Uh, you do uh, a great job of reporting on it. Um, and uh, we'll cover everything that, that matters to the Miami Heat here. So, uh, Sam, thanks so much uh, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate you. Great seeing you. Yep. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, as remember, we're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll be with NBA draft expert Adam Spinella to look at some of the prospects that might be able to make an immediate impact for the Heat with this 18th pick, if they even keep it. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app.